Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General state's pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Tell your chico pit boomers to 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Hey, this is John Rocha from Collider. If you like this show, then step into Heather Dubrow's world every Thursday and Friday on Podcast One. Heather's talking to some fabulous guests like Queer Eyes Karamo Brown, actress and singer Kristen Chenoweth, and so many more. You don't want to miss a second of it. Check out Heather Dubrow's world at Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. Also remember to rate and review. Napa Know How. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa Online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. Still little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's, that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Hey, Shweddies, welcome to episode 263 of Heroes. We're going to be talking about Birds of Prey. Some news dropped recently. And Craven the Hunter, where is he going to be? Is he going to show up in a Spider-Man movie? And, of course, the Fantastic Four. Sorry about that. We're going to talk about that as well. Fantastic Four. 
is it going to show up? Is the merger going to happen? We don't know. My God, give us an answer. All right. Hey, welcome, everybody. Episode 263 of Heroes. Joined again by our Monday panelists, Koi Jandro and Scottish Claire Lim, which I completely <laughs> messed that up. I apologize That's for that. That's an Easter egg from Monday. Check yeah, back she on she it. sounds nothing like Mel Gibson. Give me a break. I don't know. <laughs> you know, the Australian doing the Scottish accent. I don't know. But anyway, we are going to be answering a lot of your Twitter questions coming up here on this episode. But first, I want to start off with this Birds of Prey news that dropped from the rap. They have confirmed uh, what we were kind of rumoring, what have been rumors about with uh, being it, it being Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, Black Canary, Huntress will be in this. But Cassandra Kane now and Detective Renee Montoya, they are going to be characters in this movie. And the villain, they didn't name the villain, but they did say it was going to be a villain that we have never seen on screen before. So I want to get the thoughts of the panelists before we jump onto these Twitter questions. As I said, this is breaking news. Do A, do you like that we're getting these lineup of characters in this Birds of Prey movie? And B, who will this villain be? Claire. I am very excited. I'm, I was very excited by everything on Monday, and I'm very excited today. Like, I'm just super excited, and I'm in a really good mood. So, um, yes. I am very excited about this uh, lineup. I'm thinking I'd like to. Well, when we were talking just before the show, we we're like, wait a minute, Poison Ivy's been in there, Doctor Freeze. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking Red Hood. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see Red Hood on screen. Is Jason Todd currently Red Hood? Oh yeah, you're right, right. Yeah, yeah different I, versions of it. Yeah. Every time, like I, I've read so many Reddit things about like Jason Todd, the Joker, Jason Todd. It's like if you really want to see Jason Todd, like let's just get. Let's just, <laughs> yeah. Jason's there. He's the Red Hood. There you go. Yeah. Um, so I think I'd like to see Red Hood in there. Um, and I'm glad there's more news coming as well. I'm looking forward to the. Birds of Prey yeah. I am. I'm going to be positive about it. Suicide Squad had its problems, but the first half of the movie mm-hmm. was actually okay. Um, and I really like Margot Robbie. Let's do this. Yeah, I like this. It's going to be all female. Cassandra Cain, D- Detective Renee Montoya. I love Renee Montoya. Yeah. So throwing her into this mix is just very incredible for me because you got that superhero and then you've got the regular person dealing with the stuff they're dealing with. What do you think when you hear all this? Co- and Cassie do you have a guess Kane, for a villain? Man. Yeah, Cassie Kane. One of the coolest bat suits. Like, how many we've had hundreds yeah. of bat suits, but hers with the mouth and the ninja. Mm-hmm. Like, just Cassie Kane's such a visually stunning character. I'm mm-hmm. so excited for that. I don't know if she'll play Batgirl or not, but I love Cassie Kane. You're right. Uh, I think without. They've never been on screen. You can't do Hush because that's too tied into Batman. Mm -hmm. You can't really do... I want Clayface, Ventriloquist, (laughs) or Hugo Strange. Because Hugo Strange is super manipulative. He's behind the scenes. He could be playing people against each other. If you're having all of the Birds of Prey, you're talking multiple characters. You need a villain that's big enough to handle them. Mm -hmm. So my big thought is Hugo Strange because we've never seen him. He's been alluded to. He's been the rumor for so many movies. So DC clearly has their eyes on him. And it needs to be a big enough bad that four characters have to rally together. I think Hugo Strange might be our big one. Okay, I'm going to change my choice to everything that Koi said. (laughs) Um, More t-shirts. And that's it. Um, But I I like the idea of Clay face right that could be it's it's visually stunning it's enough that would cause a very dynamic fighting style you've got different dynamics of the different types of fighters Mm -hmm. in this lineup and the way Clayface is is talked about that andy circus rumor could work the way you could have them be so many different things and you could actually get a character that wouldn't normally work in in necessarily the batman mythos right but it's mm-hmm. still a Batman movie. Mm-hmm. So I think Clayface is a really strong choice. Yeah. Oh, Hugo Strange. Interesting. Yeah, yeah right, so there's right. something to play there, absolutely. But the big note here, uh, also, the rap reporting, Barbara Gordon is not 
in this movie. What they're saying right now, there's not, it's not been highlighted, and she was originally in all versions of the script. So I wonder what this means, who was moved out, who was moved in, or did they just decide not to go with that storyline? Because Barbara, well, you know Batgirl's getting her own movie, so maybe they just wanted to have it a standalone yeah. instead of uh, uh, tied into the Birds of Prey, so maybe they're not going to use Birds of Prey to launch her necessarily. So this will be interesting how this all comes together as we go forward, because it's supposed to start shooting in January. So wow. we're not that far away. Listen, Comic-Con's this week. January is literally four or five months away. So, like, it's it, anything can happen at this point, but we are finally now barreling towards this. And I know a lot of people said, like, how many Harley Quinn movies are there? Are they really going to happen? It sounds to me like this one is definitely going to happen now even more so. All right, let's take a moment. Uh, everyone knows things that have been happening with John Schnapp, our fearless leader here on Heroes. We talked about it on Monday. Uh, today, again, uh, you know, all we know is that he is in critical condition. He is in the ICU, uh, and uh, he is suffering through what he's suffering through. And I know from what Holly has said and his family has said, he has been hearing the positive words, positive notes, positive thoughts and prayers that you all have been sending towards him. Uh, and uh, many people from the Collider family have been over to visit him and talk with him and sit with him. So uh, just want to say, uh, want to thank all of you from the Collider Heroes family and from the Collider family for the incredible comments. If you want to help, a lot of you have been reaching out on Twitter and social media and other ways wanting to help John. Uh, right there, take a look at there. You can help on Venmo, PayPal, go fund me go and send some money to help with the hospital bills you know how the costs of hospital stays are now it's astronomical anything you can do to help to show your love of john show your appreciation for the show all there please donate uh, and we will include those links in the description of this video in case you don't want to rewind all the way back and watch this part again so thanks so much and let's move on to twitter questions here uh from our latest uh fans here let's start with mike fraser Taco Shack 27. I'm going to visit that place. Hashtag Collider Hears. <laughs> Get well, Schnepp. I'm sure he appreciates that, Mike. I see the show is in good hands. My question is, why do you think there's never been a Mandrake the Magician movie made yet? I remember reading the three-panel comic in the papers growing up and watching him on Defenders of the Earth. Man, this is a great question. Mandrake the Magician. I, I, I love this character. This, the idea is, I think, because we haven't quite gotten to that spot yet to have a Mandrake the Magician be an accepted thing. Let's get Zatanna first, and then I can worry about <laughs> other magicians rolling. And Claire, what do you think when you hear this? Yeah, I think I agree with you. Like, I think there's such an influx of um, superhero movies, and we've just now got, I think, getting people used to galactic things in Guardians of the mm. Galaxy, and then getting people used to kind of the Steve Ditko-esque things of Doctor Strange. Yeah. I think people are now ready. Yeah, you I do. Think now they're okay. ready. And I, I, I read, isn't there going to be a Mandrake the Magician movie? It's Sasha Baron Cohen. Is that? That's what he's been talking about it, yeah. right? Yeah, but he's too busy doing that TV show right now that he's been doing. <laughs> it's catching fire, apparently. So I read that I they wanted to make it like a Sherlock Holmes type franchise, yeah. which I thought was going to be really interesting. I think people are ready. Okay. So, Sasha, when you're finished with all the other stuff, and I reckon <laughs> you have to come back and make a Mandrake the Magician movie, because I think it's, there's time for that Sherlock Holmes esque thing with a bit of magic. Magic, they mm -hmm. come up for it. A bit yeah. of a different superhero -y, well, not superhero, but a bit of a different sort of movie. Yeah. Like we talked about on Monday, there's so many different genres within the comic genre. The mm -hmm. com comic, like, when people say comic movie, it's kind of disrespectful because it's a format, not a genre to mm -hmm. me. It's like saying animation. Like animation, like you've got Rango and you've got Latin. There's so many different things within that. So to me, magic is one corner they haven't dove that deep into. You've got Doctor Strange, but that's pretty linear as compared to deep cut magic comics. And I think like uh, like Shane Black's been trying to get pulp comics going for a long time mm -hmm. with Adam Savage and all these different types of characters. Mm -hmm. I think when we get through the 80s and 90s flavor we talked about on Monday, I think magic will have its time to shine and I think Mandrake is certainly... A 
especially with Sasha Barton Cohen. Like, I think that's definitely mm. going to have its own, like, corner. So, in time, I think it's possible. I don't know if it'll be in the next few years because people are so focused on this 80s and 90s wave right now. But yeah. I love that idea, and I'm, I'd, I'd see it. I'm there. Yeah, well, yeah, it would be interesting to see Sasha do that. We'll see what you know where he's at status-wise to do something like this, and will a studio trust him to lead a film like this <laughs> yeah. and turn it into a franchise? Hey, it was it, people forget it wasn't that long ago. Robert Downey Jr. leading a franchise scared a lot of people, so we saw what he was able to do with Sherlock Holmes and Iron Man. Maybe Sasha Baron can do the same thing with Mandrake the Magician. We'll see. But give me a Zatanna movie. All right, <laughs> let's uh, move on to our next question. It is from uh, let's see here. What do we got? Oh yes, yeah, Sullivan Richard at Sully Richard hashtag Clatter here. Why is no one talking about Amazon's The Boys? Hope Schnepp gets better soon. Well, um, I think no one's talking about it because they're already shooting it. There's not much to talk about yet with The Boys. Uh, from what I see here, ben, uh, ben Tra- or Dan Trachtenberg is supposed to direct the first episode. They already cast this thing. Garth, en- Garth Ennis is producing. So to me, this is happening. The reason you probably haven't heard anything, and maybe you might at Comic-Con, is because uh, it's just still in production. So they don't want to drop anything too soon. And they certainly don't want any behind-the-scenes pictures like we saw with Titans being released and people going apeshit on the internet about it. So, Koi, what do you think about this? I... Oh. I'm excited about. Uh, okay. I know some casting that I'm excited about. Nice. Uh, I may have read some of the pilot, uh, and it is certainly the boys. Okay. It is very, very, very dark, depraved, rich. If you're worried about the boys, don't be. I will well, say that because okay. I don't want to not get any more pilots. Uh, so <laughs> I really think that when people do get facts, they'll be really excited. I think what they're doing is uh, Rogan and Goldberg mm-hmm. are right now getting Preacher ramped up. Mm-hmm. Season three of Preacher. If you drive around, especially LA, you see billboards everywhere. I think. I wouldn't be surprised if Comic-Con has some boys announcements, like whether large or small, but after this wave of Preacher, I think that's when we'll kick into high gear about mm-hmm. promoting this. I think we'll get some casting announcements and stuff, but as a fan of that first uh, like couple volumes, man, like the boys is a very special flavor, yeah. so I think they've really held true to that from what I know, and I think once people start hearing, it's going to be like that avalanche. It's going to be a snowball. Like, yeah. It's just going to, the ball's going to keep rolling, so once it starts, it won't stop. And according to the deadline, this, it's scheduled to begin filming this spring for mm-hmm. the two 2019 release on Prime Video. Now, for those who don't know The Boys, it is set in a world where superheroes embrace the darker side of their massive celebrity and fame. It re- sounds a little bit like Kingdom Come. It revolves around a group of vigilantes known informally as The Boys, as Cody was, uh, Coy was referring to, who set out to take down corrupt superheroes with no more than blue-collar grit and a willingness to fight dirty. Claire, uh, what's your thoughts on all this? I love The Boys. I think mm-hmm. it's blooming great like it's so so great I love the idea of um, Carl Urban as Billy Butcher yeah, oh that's good right like a really he I love Carl Urban I think he's quite a really kind of sort of um, I think he's an actor that can play many many roles I think he's kind of understated but I think as Billy Butcher amazing I want him to get wee Huey right like I really do I think it's just ja- Simon Pegg because they draw him like they just <laughs> <laughs> Simon, Simon Pegg like I was, well, I was reading yeah. that Jack Quaid is going to play like Huey like but I think that but then you know I think about Simon Pegg accent in Star Trek and although I know he's married to a Scottish person but wasn't that great <laughs> sorry, well, sorry newsflash neither was James Duhance we, 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 we were able to get past that, it yeah. That's, that, yeah that is true actually so if, I think if they can get this right and if within this eight episode sort of run I think it's eight episodes they've got planned if they can get that violence and that reckless abandon because you know, mm. it's the celebrities that run uh, celebrity 
see superheroes that run amok. Yeah. So I think if they can get that in a series, yeah, I'm all in. I, this is one of my favorite comics. So yes. Okay. And all it definitely yes. belongs as a series, not a movie. Right. In one, my opinion. Yeah, the, oh yes. The, the amount of content in this series is really important that it's serialized. Yes. I think in a movie they'd have to rush a lot. So I'm really excited that Amazon's doing it in that way. Agreed. Uh, Carl Urban, as uh, Claire mentioned, is in this. Chase Crawford, Jesse T. Usher, Anthony Starr, Nathan Mitchell, Dominique McGilligan, Aaron Moriarty, Jack Quaid, and Karen Fukuhara. So those are all people set to star. So this is this is happening. So you haven't got any updates because people are sitting on it, waiting, shooting, and then eventually they'll release stuff when they're ready to release stuff. All right, let's move on to the next Twitter question. That is from Mike Gibson at Carol's Kid. Oh, well, it's Carol's Kid. The panel on Hashtag Collider Heroes always raves about Craven the Hunter. Yes, we do. Being amazing. But he never appealed to me when I was a kid and has somehow continued to elude me as an adult. Where do I start? On a psychiatric couch and find out why you don't like Craven the Hunter. <laughs> why does Craven the Hunter is a badass? He does not, you know, he's just a badass man. He goes hunting things. <laughs> it's really scary. He's got some kind of super super serum inside him as well, and he's always and he's driven to hunt down the Spider Man. He I just it, all of it is so cool. Plus the mustache and the swagger and the Russian background. There's so much about him that was that's interesting. And of course, it was at a time when the Cold War was happening, so there was a lot to to uh, to factor into there as well. Uh, Claire, where would they start on Craven the Hunter? Hunter, do you think? Well, Mike, <laughs> um, I'm kind of like you with Craven the Hunter because actually my um, uh, introduction to Craven the Hunter was actually not through the comics, it was through the 90s, early 90s Spider-Man cartoon. Yes. And I think they, and same with the X-Men cartoon, they did those really well and they introduced a lot of great characters in the storyline, mm. they were very true to the comics. So I, I kind of loved, loved them from there, but what I'm enjoying right now, I can't say maybe if this is a great, these guys might have more recommendations, Old Man Logan, mm. Like he right oh. now, Craven is hunting down mm-hmm. Old Man Logan, the ultimate prize. He's got his hand. I can't tell you too many spots. <laughs> he's got Wolverine's hand. He's got Old Man Logan's hand. He's hunting him down. So you, I think you should check it out because I've really been enjoying that. I think Ed Brisson's a great writer. So yes, do that. That's where I would start. That's a great place to start, uh, Koei. So the most dangerous game. Start reading that, oh, yes. and then read Craven's. So you understand the core because I think uh, that Craven is so much more nuanced than some writers give him credit for. Mm-hmm. He's got a rich history of chameleon he i would read a mix of when john Romita senior took over the art that mm-hmm. era of spider-man so in the in the in the issue 50s uh and then read craven's last hunt so you understand the actual depth of the darkness of this character yeah. like the 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 places craven last hunt go were so shocking because spider-man was seen as this like <laughs> character that book gets dark mm-hmm. like vermin and the black costume and like the ending that craven's last hunt's really good yeah. and then if you want to recover from reading craven's last hunt check out ultimate spider-man's craven because he does something really cool Mar- uh, bendis does something where he makes craven basically a reality tv star mm-hmm. and he's hunting spider-man for sport in the modern age of what sport is so <laughs> it's a really cool character because you can see all this versatility in it like if they cast gerard I'd want it to be Ultimate Craven, but if they cast like Pedro Pascal, I'd want it to be Classic Craven. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot to this character, and that's always. And if you can see multiple <laughs> actors in a role, it's an indicator of how good the writing is. Yeah. So I really think that uh, check out Craven's Last Hunt if you're totally neutral on the character. I like the idea of Jared Butler playing Craven actually because mm. he's been stuck in like cheesy land mm-hmm. for me for a long time so like get him back get him yeah. back doing some badass stuff just lying around his shoulders yeah, yeah. Giant and he can like channel the Scottish anger <laughs> like, right. kind of, like, yeah, do go the, for fake, it. the fake abs he'll do the oh, whole night yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. paint yeah. some abs on him those Nicholas Cage abs yeah, yeah. <laughs> the tiger leggings the cheetah leggings he'd be all about it with the slippers it's all night leggings. yeah just running that's through. silver leg right now I think that's just right he's in yoga as we speak <laughs> uh, and speaking of Pedro Pascal 
Well, if you guys missed my interview with him, I interviewed him for Equalizer 2 that dropped yesterday. You're okay. recording this. Uh, it'll be, this, comes out, this episode comes out on Wednesday. We dropped it yesterday. So you can see me talk to him for eight minutes about a bunch of stuff. And I do ask him some Wonder Woman 84 questions. Whether he answers them or not, you'll have to watch the video. And see. Is he a good Craven in person now that I've... I, I, I could see him being okay. Craven, but so I could also see him being Mandrake. Ooh, that's an interesting ooh. thing, too, as well. So uh, let's move on. Derek Snyder at, uh, oh boy, at NX Northtown Rebel X. Dig it. John Schnepp, uh, hashtag colliders. Hey, sweaties, I have a bit of a conundrum. I'm trying to name my new car something comics related, but I'm drawing a blank on any characters of the gray persuasion. I was thinking Jean Gray, but that seems a bit on the nose. Any suggestions? Well, anything gray related, if that's what you're tra- you color your car, is going to be too on the nose. So we going out of the box. Uh, uh, Coy, what do you got? Okay, so I was thinking. <laughs> just <to laughs> up there. Because I just reading it now went, okay, there's so many. Now you could go Nate. And have it be Nate Gray, which is an X-Man, uh, which is yeah. something from a future alternate timeline. That way, whenever your car broke down, you could be mad at being from another timeline. Sure. You could call it Hound <laughs> if it's a beater, which is Rachel Summers, who is related to the Grays. You could have that little tangent, especially if the car is red. You could also <laughs> name it Phoenix if you do a lot of repairs to it and build it back up. Boom. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> so you went deep. He wanted some little extra flavor, That's but true. still a Grey. Absolutely. Gonna... Okay. Claire? I like comics. Mine are crap. So <laughs> I'm just no, going to say. say that. Mine are a little bit crap. So, <laughs> sorry about that, Derek. I just went for the grey stuff. I was okay. like, let's think about who, because who's called grey? Um, so there's a, there's a character, a comic book character called Grey Comet. Mm. Um, and he was an air, I love his story. He was an Army Air Force officer. And um, he had a plane, but he didn't utilize the guns. Mm. He had a bigger fuel tank to just take longer journeys, which I thought was really cute. So I quite liked him. And then afterwards, he became um, a journalist. He was like, I'm done with the grey life. Like, yeah. I'm just going straight to become a journalist. So I just thought Grey Comet sounded really cool, but he was like a really leisurely sort of comic mm. book guy. So Grey Comet. And also there's Rita Grey. Depends if she's a girl. Um, so Rita Grey is from a really old comic from the 40s as well. Um, so I've just I went really kind of golden agey with it. Um, but she's part of a little team. They drive about this um, thing called Air Sub DX with Professor Grey, her dad. Wow. Um, and this other, uh, other guy that's with them as well. Um, but I prefer Grey Comet. Bring okay. around your camera. Maybe you can become a journalist after you know, you've done around your thing. Become a journalist. It be a whole story. Whole I like story. that. By the yeah. way, my, my car's name is Wade. Uh, traditionally, <laughs> women are named, uh, that's usually female names for cars, yeah. but my car is an older car and has a lot of miles on it. So oh, whenever Wade my car, it. Wade, well, it's Wade Wilson, and it's the Merc with yeah. the motor. Oh. And whenever oh. it gets into any semantics, I go, ah, oh, this would be a Deadpool movie. <laughs> so I have a red car, so it's Wade. I love it. Uh, well, I went out of the box with, well, Cable is a possibility because Wright isn't that the the son of a uh, Jean Grey clone, yep. so it kind of works without being fully gray. So I, it's still out of the box. But when we talked about it on the last show, I, when I read this Twitter question, I immediately thought John Prophet. That's an awesome name for a car. Oh, I'm yeah. gonna get in my. I'm gonna get in the Prophet. The Prophet is a great name for a car. <laughs> it's just getting the Prophet. Yeah, it's just gonna take me places. It's, it knows where I'm going. It's a Prophet. It knows where I'm going. Every time you gas up at Super Soldier Serum, yeah, that's fun. right. That's right. I'm getting it in fire. That's right. Oil change. I'm getting the high end gas. The 92. I'm putting the 92 in there. I like how you guys went super cool, and I'm like, um, the gold Grey Comet. <laughs> the Grey Comet is cool. It's like a Mercury uh, Sable from the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one that'll get the girl. It's the Grey Comet. Oh, you didn't have to show off. You just called it Grey Comet. Yeah. All right. I want to go out with you. And yeah. if she knows Grey Comet, you're like, well, we're going to oh, get along great. We're, we're, we're good to go. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Matt Ruiz at uh, Cromag92. Uh, what are your thoughts of the idea of DC doing the standalone Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix? We talked about this on Monday a little bit. Leading into Jared Leto being revealed as Jason Todd. This will give the DC the opportunity to course correct changes if needed. 
Interesting. I think you went to this coy Jandrew school of redoing <laughs> things in the hopes and dreams, but it's <laughs> certainly possible uh, to make this happen. Uh, coy, what do you think when you hear this? I think that it is a really brilliant way to retroactively make the suit work in the movie with the, ah. like the, the famous bullet hole yes. uh, stabbing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So making Jason Todd, the Joker we did see in Suicide Squad, ties to the suit, which Joaquin Phoenix could be the OG Joker. I've also really enjoyed Batman Beyond bringing back the Joker through like memory implant. Right. So the Joker Joker in canon has had some interesting twists and turns. Mm-hmm. I do think the idea of Joaquin as an Elseworlds Joker is more my cup of tea, but if you want everything to be under one umbrella, I think that's a really inspired way to do it, but right. it's definitely from the School of Hopes and Dreams, which okay. I share. Yeah, I, that's right. I'm a very, I'm enrolled. You're the charter member. <laughs> <laughs> Back to reality. <laughs> Sorry, Coy. Um, take those rose-tinted glasses off. Smash, smash, smash. Um, sorry, Coy. Um, David Irish come out and said he's not. It's just not a thing. So I'm like, okay, so it's not a thing. And also, I was reading that um, the standalone Batman movie, at one point they were kind of playing with the idea of like Red Hood and things like mm-hmm. that, which would make the Jason Todd thing almost sort of maybe impossible to kind of connect up because Jason Todd is the Red Hood. Mm-hmm. But um, I quite like the idea of just the, not being connected. I think it's really, I think it's great, but I'm just going to accept the universe as it is. <laughs> and, and that's it, and I will accept what they give to me. Um, it would be a lovely little like, nod, it'd be like, cool, but... No, no coin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. There's, I, it would be like you're over, you're trying to establish yourself. I think the last thing you want to do is take a 650 yard shot from behind a hill and hopefully <laughs> nail it. Like <laughs> yeah. you want to go, you want to hit the closer targets a little more, establish your confidence, then take the shot down course. So to me, that, that it would be illogical for them to do this at this time. But it doesn't mean it can't happen in the future. Mm. It doesn't mean that it can't be. And I have a weird idea that they, that the Joker just exists and there are multiple people to play the Joker in this world or, or are the Joker, depending on the situation. That's certainly possible. If I have 10 Green Lanterns, why can't I have three or four Jokers? It's certainly possible to have like be influenced by this kind of thing. So that's the, I would love to see them connect. It'd be interesting to see if they could connect it. But I, I, yeah, school of hopes and dreams, basically. All right, uh, got to be Gabe here, staying with the Joaquin Phoenix. I wanted to throw this one in at GTTB seventy eight uh, at John Schnepp. Collider Heroes. Uh, could the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie be a hashtag Flashpoint or hashtag Multiverse story with Thomas Wayne as Batman? You know, there was a lot of talk about what is Matt Reeves' Batman going to be? Is it going to be are they going to use flashpoint they've been saying they're going to do flashpoint now this idea of the flash going in are they going to mess around with this and throw in thomas wayne because flashpoint is a lot more darker than anything dc's done even as dark as they've gone in this recent iteration mm-hmm. i mean what a woman slides the heads off like this is a whole other thing and so i wonder if they could make this work in flashpoint but this idea of joaquin phoenix being in the flashpoint then you're starting to create a, another universe i don't know if dc wants to do that initially but I love the idea of Thomas Wayne as Batman. I really enjoyed Kevin McKidd doing his voice on the Flashpoint animated film. Mm-hmm. So uh, do you like this idea of Thomas? Do you like, I mean, does any of this appeal to you at all, Claire? I think in a sort of fantasy world, maybe. Right. I'm like, do I live there? No, I don't. <laughs> um, so I like the idea of like, um, you know, because Thomas Wayne, when he becomes Batman in that Flashpoint, like it's, it's, he's a way... He's, way different he's a, yeah. a violent Batman mm-hmm. you know he's, he's angry he's violent Bruce Wayne obviously isn't around and Martha's the Joker right so I'm not really I'm not really sold on it I like the idea of Joaquin Phoenix being the Joker in his own movie mm-hmm. set in the 80s owed to the 80s right here right. today because we talked about so much on Monday um, I don't think it's going to happen I think it would confuse things mm-hmm. 
um, and I think things could also already be possibly too convoluted. Yeah. So I, I've got great hope. We saw what's coming up for DC, actually. We talked about the Joker movie. We've got Wonder Woman. We've got Shazam. We've yeah. got all these things come up. Let's keep it nice and simple and fun <laughs> and happy. Yeah. That's what I say. And then we'll get to the crazy stuff. Yeah. Right? yeah. Plenty of crazy to get to. Yeah. Yeah. Crisis uh, of Infinite Earths or something. Yeah. <laughs> and it can yeah. keep going. Yes, it can. These yeah. movies start doing as well as I think they will. Mm-hmm. The next three are, are look so incredible. Yeah. Aquaman, Shazam, Wonder Woman 84. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a very golden, golden age of DC movies in the next two years. I'm mm-hmm. really, like... You heard it here first. I yeah. think the next two years are DCs. Uh, and I'm really excited to see those. So I think convoluting the continuity would be a problem now. I think they've done a really good job going like, hey, we assembled this thing. That didn't quite work. We're going to be over here. We're not ignoring that, but we're also over here. Right. If you start reconnecting and throwing like you know your talons in those things, it, it gets convoluted. And one of my favorite things about... Thomas Wayne's Batman was that his wife was the Joker because mm. that was such a bold twist. I really liked the idea that the Batman and the Joker are two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. A husband and wife. Mm. There's so many more dynamics there and it's something you don't expect. So if you kind of sacrifice Martha's Joker for Joaquin Joker, it loses some of the love for Thomas mm-hmm. Wayne's Batman for me. So I think it'd be great for comic book fans you know, because people that really love this like mm. comics, real love Batman, they would, they'd be like, wow, yeah, but like imagine as a layman like, movie goer just going along they'd be like wait a minute yeah. Where's Bruce? Wait a minute. Martha? And the actor's yeah. great. I mean, the guy who played the comedian uh, who played Thomas Wayne. Oh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Jeffrey Dean Morgan's yeah. fantastic. I can mm-hmm. totally see him as Batman. Oh, yeah. But the continuity issues outweigh the, oh, great, Jeffrey Dean yeah. Morgan's Batman, which is tricky. Yeah, if we had an Else, This is from At The Roca says, if we had an Elseworlds uh, <laughs> where, with Joaquin and you have a Thomas Wayne Batman as a separate film, standalone film, would that work? Because the reason Thomas Wayne is a more violent Batman is because he became a Batman as an adult. Whereas... Mm-hmm. The progression of the death of his parents is what shaped Bruce, but Bruce was still a child when it happened, so the sympathetic nature of it all, the the tender nature of him, is still there, which is why he doesn't kill. A more violent Batman could work with a more unhinged Joaquin Phoenix, which we talked about in the previous episode. Would that excite you, having, or do you think it would just be too confusing, as you said, for like, you know, someone who's not steeped in the comics? I think on paper, like, Ultraviolet Batman and ultra crazy Joker looks good, but I also like the idea traditionally of having one and the other. It's like they're mirroring, mm. but they're they're t- opposites, you know. Because Batman doesn't kill Batman. Right. Batman still has his humanity. He's a dark guy. He's a bit of a depressing dark dude, but hey, <laughs> um, you know he's punched a few blokes in the chin. But right. hey, but at the end of the day, like he has different morals, different mm-hmm. set of morals. Whereas the Joker's just like crazy, mm-hmm. don't care. Mm-hmm. So I like. That standoff. Yeah. I think having too much of the same thing just will make dialogue. That's a great a point. I, yeah, I love that Joker's like, I'm going to make you break your one rule. That's his goal. Yeah. So if Batman's already that close to violent, and that would it would detract from both sides by doing that. And I also think that I would love in a Flashpoint movie, if the Flashpoint movie happens, I'd love 10 minutes of that, that Batman. I'd oh, love to have yeah. Flashpoint occur and we go into a reality that has Thomas Wayne. Right. That would be very interesting to me and that'd be a way to do it and satisfy both fans. But a big problem people had with Batman versus Superman was how violent Batman was. Mm-hmm. So if you're bringing in a more violent Batman, the everyday moviegoer, the, the, the people that don't read comics be like, wait, we didn't like this before and now he's worse? Yeah. It wouldn't feel like Batman. So I, I want DC to be able to take longer strides than just satisfying the people that are already going to see the movie. People that know Thomas Wayne already have their tickets. Yeah. We need to appeal to people that that don't right, yes, and, and that's a great point you bring up. This idea that you, well, you remove the morality of the stance that Batman always takes. Mm-hmm. Once you remove it, then you're just looking at two psychopaths with literally just wearing different costumes yeah. and having different points of views, but just as crazy. And mm-hmm. I think nowadays in our society, that's the last thing we need to see. We 
need some people who are going to make a moral stance about something versus someone who is willing to push that boundary as much as possible to test the true strength of your stance. So, yeah, um, that's a great point, Claire. Uh, Wisconsin Life, next question. At Badger Cheese eighty four, yeah, uh, John, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Hey, Badger Cheese eighty four, just want to see that out loud. Uh, and he tagged uh, Schnepp and uh, Enthusiasm. Um, uh, and are are rated comic book movies in the same bucket as three D uh, uh, fad? I just want a good, high quality product. The R rating will not drive me one way or another. Hashtag Birds of Prey. Um, hmm, interesting. Do you want to see, like, I don't mind R-rated comic book movies if they make sense. Mm-hmm. My issue comes more when they are done just to throw violence into this, the mix. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what do you think, Claire? Well, I think we just have to have good movies. Mm-hmm. And, there ha- I mm-hmm. mean, before all this talk, you know, because now everything's online and it's R-rated, R-rated, buzzwords like 3D, R-rated. We've had R-rated movies before. There's yeah. Blade and things like that. And Dread, which I mentioned on the show on Monday, mm-hmm. is one of my favourite, like, films of the last sort of 10 years or so. And that was 3D. Yeah. Um, and, it, <laughs> and it looked pretty good in 3D oh, with yeah. the slow motion and things. So... I, I, in a way, I think they're a fad, but I think they're a fad because we keep talking about it. Let's mm. just talk about the content of the movies and enjoy them because some are good and some are bad. Logan, Deadpool, Dread, mm-hmm. good. You know, there are other ones that are bad. 3D movies, I'm not that sold on. I mean, I remember the first time I saw Avatar back whenever, mm. and I was like, oh my God, like, this is amazing. I'm a bit over that now. Because mm-hmm. yeah. um, that is a bit kind of like smoke and mirrors. Because when I watched Avatar on a flat screen, I was just like, Oh, okay. So, you know, I'm I'm all up for just a good movie, you know, and that's sure. it. Stand the test of time. Yeah. I think the character is the rating. I think mm-hmm. if you sit down and go, like, we're going to make an R-rated movie and the character is not R-rated, you shoot yourself in the foot. Right. I think making a PG-13 Deadpool movie wouldn't work, and yeah. I think making an R-rated Spider-Man movie wouldn't necessarily be necessary. Mm-hmm. So I think that it depends on the character. I think I don't think it's a fad. I think it's us trusting the audience. Logan was made for half the budget because it was going to make half the money because it was R-rated. Yeah. I think knowing what your audience wants, and Logan deserved the R-rating. That character deserved a swan song that was brutal. <coughs> and that is different than the X-Men 2's Wolverine. Mm-hmm. The Berserk Berserker Rage in X-Men 2 was a Berserker Rage. The Berserker Rage in Logan was an R-rated Berserker Rage. They were both still authentic to Logan. They were both still authentic to Wolverine. So I think it has to be authentic to the character. And I agree that 3D is, is a bit of a fad because you need to shoot native 3D. If you're filming in 3D, it looks beautiful. The use of the Z-axis is how it's done. If I'm watching a 3D movie and it looks like little cardboard cutouts dancing in front of me because it's put in post, that's not going to sell me. But I think the 3D thing is shoot it in native 3D, make it a 3D film. Because yeah. if you, Amazing Spider-Man 2, I will say a positive thing about that movie the use of the z-axis is incredible the way spider-man fights the lizard depth because it's not like raw popping out at you you're going down you're, you're experiencing leaning in and that's a beautiful way to do 3d and that stanley cameo works because stanley's right here and the fight's here but so few movies actually shoot in 3d because of how prohibitively expensive it is so yeah. personally i don't love 3d i know hector navarro friend of the show does but it has to be real for it to work so R-rated, depending on the character, 3D, if they shoot it right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I'm one of the fools who bought a 3D TV and I've regretted it ever since. <laughs> I've, I've maybe used it seven times in the five years I've owned this television, or four years I've owned the television. It is a super frustrating thing. 4K seems more my... I think that's going to be around for a while. And I agree with Koi. It's about the character. Is it an R-rated 
R-rated character, great. That makes sense to do it that way. If you try to neuter an R-rated character, a lot of people turn away from that. You know, I'd love to see an R-rated Blade. I would mm-hmm. love to see an R-rated Blade. That makes a lot of sense to me. Even though the ones that have, the ones that have come out, I think were, the first one. I think the first one was R-rated. One was R-rated. I don't think the second one no. was necessarily. So I think the third one was because the was language. It? Okay, well then that's Ryan what I like to see. Doesn't speak that that, that works for me. R-rated Blades, those mm-hmm. work for me because that's the kind of world that it exists in. So if you go PG-13 with Blade, it, is, it doesn't it doesn't and quite Spawn grab deserves it. the, and Spawn. the upcoming Absolutely. Spawn. Oh my god, one hundred percent. Hell yes. But do you guys have four DX here? Four DX. Oh yeah, yeah. With everything moves around or something. Yeah, like my yeah. god, yeah. No, let's yeah. just abolish that. I bought tickets for four DX <laughs> by accident. Sounds like these are unusually big chairs. What are all these speakers and weird things? Oh my god. <laughs> my husband was like, trust you to buy the wrong tickets. <laughs> it was Guardians of the Galaxy two, and I was oh. like, I feel sick, and I don't like this. Oh, Top Gun, I'll be there though. Top Gun for oh, yeah. Top Gun. Top Gun I'm ready to fly him yeah. through the danger zone for real. Exactly. Any <laughs> yeah. Fast and Furious stuff? Yes, oh, yeah. 40X. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on. David at Nerf Herder 21. Have you guys thought about going, uh, going, doing heroes movie commentaries? It would be great to get your insights. We've done a few of them, not necessarily heroes specific, but we've had Schnepp on some and some people from Heroes like me or Jay Washington. So certainly that's something that we talk about. But as much as these superhero movies come out, the commentary, like Dennis and I have been debating doing a Logan commentary for months. So it's a matter of timing, and I, but it's certainly not a matter of trying to get a heroes uh, people to get together because they don't want to do it. I, I think all of us would want to do a commentary for any of the superhero movies. So, uh, Claire, what do you think about this? Would um, you be willing to fly back to do a commentary <laughs> with us? I would do drunk Scottish commentary. Oh, my God. And um, you might hear me swear quite a lot and <sighs> use some strange words you've never heard before. Speaking of R-rated movie I want to see. Shout! So, yeah, I would like to hear commentary, but I think the thing about commentary, it needs to have an angle for me, so I quite mm. like watching things online and a list of commentary when it has an angle, you know. Yeah. Um, so we have drunk history in the UK, which I think is really good. I mm-hmm. think drunk Scottish commentary, Collider, commission that. <laughs> um, so something where there's an angle or you've got someone kind of who's been on the set. But yeah, I think it'd be great. I mean, Collider guys are amazing. So yes, bring it on. Do it. Uh, I've been rereading Deadpool from the jump, so I uh, I said before Deadpool 2 I was going to read them all again, and I'm still in the middle. I just finished Daniel Way's run, so I'm almost back to Pasein and Duggan's run, and then more Pasein, and I'm loving it. So August 17th, when Deadpool 2 drops, I would love yeah. to perhaps. <laughs> There's an uncut Deadpool, so if if the yeah. schedules line up and if everything uh, aligns, I would be very I, I would love to be a part of something like that. So if schedules work, I mean that's the only issue. It seems yeah. to be is like time, but yeah, we love like we all like each other. Yeah. So uh, when when it works. Out. I think hate? we should get Koi and me doing commentary where you're super happy. And, mm-hmm. I'm and like, you're a realist. That's crap. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Koi. I'm sorry. It's rubbish. And you're like, no, it's so great. Like, that would be the best. She I dropped would. out of the school of hopes and dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. I'm dead inside. I would agree with the Scottish movie if all of us could get drunk and do the Scottish accent the whole time. Yeah. Commentary. <laughs> she, if she Claire could survive us. that. If, if she could handle us going full brain <laughs> Yeah, full brain part. Exactly. <laughs> I love her. Yeah, so like, freedom. Infinity War. All right. Sorry, <laughs> Scotland, all of it. I apologize. Sorry, apologize to I apologize to all the Scottish people watching. I to can't the, control this. <laughs> to all the Tartans, I apologize. All right. Mark Lloyd at Big Daddy Lloyd 13. Uh, he asks if Tony Stark does make the big sacrifice in Avengers 4. Would Marvel fans be happy or upset if, like in Secret Empire, Iron Man came back as an AI of Tony, not a Jarvis replacement, but an AI Iron Man? 
<laughs> I, I have a really like I have a, a little bit of reaction to this because if Tony's going to go, Tony should go. Mm. I love that they've brought in Jennifer Connelly, Paul Bettany, who became Vision, and then I forget the actress's name who, who, who was on Rome and a number of things. She plays the voice uh, as well. Friday, she plays Friday for mm. Iron Man. I dig that voiceover stuff. If you throw Tony Stark in, then you get that. Then you have the possibility of Robert Downey Jr. eclipsing or overshadowing the person that is doing is being the current Iron Man, especially if they go the Rhodes route or or, or maybe even the Ruffalo route if they do play around with the Hulkbuster stuff. Like if you do that route, I think it would kind of deter from it. Um, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't put the I wouldn't put it past the MCU to keep Robert Downey Jr. in some form involved. Corey, what do you think? I feel like uh, Robert Downey Jr. is enjoying his island time. Yeah. So the best way to get him back is to go here. Here's a microphone. Right. The Iron Man from this island we bought you. Uh, so I feel like that is the only way to keep Iron Man. And I feel like there is some canon continuity with comics. And yes. I don't know if that's a coincidence. I feel like right as we knew we were ramping up with Avengers 3 and 4, then Iron Man became an AI. <laughs> and then they had the pulse on the audience. They're like, do you guys like this uh, this Iron Man? And he came back conveniently when Avengers 3 came out. Like, okay, well, now Tony's back. But did you guys like that over there? So the <laughs> comics very often chase what's happening and get a read on stuff in the comics. Comics. Like, yeah. there's a lot of Mysterio in the comics right now in Spider-Man. So I feel like they're doing that with Downey Jr. So I don't think AI would work because then you'd still have to have Downey on set. Yeah. And I think the whole point is that he's trying to have some time. I do think maybe as a Jarvis, which is what he was saying he did Mm -hmm. not want, but I think the only way would be Jarvis. And I do think it might overshadow whoever plays Iron Man. So you'd have to find that fine line of like, oh, in the opening scene, he's got Jarvis and then Jarvis goes out. Something to get rid of it so it's not just Downey show again. Right. It'd be great if he'd reverse it where he would be the AI in the vision. In oh, vision, yeah, talking yeah, to Vision the fun. whole time. Get out of my brain. Uh, what do you think, Claire? I am a fan of simplicity, <laughs> as you guys all know. <laughs> yeah, just like things to be simple. Um, I think it works in the comics. I think there's a lot that you can get away with in comics mm-hmm. in general. Whatever your comic, uh, whatever comic you're reading, um, and you can delve into these rich worlds and strange happenings, and it's a big adventure. But we have to remember that not all of us read those comics. Not all of us understand that. Right. And I think that when this phase ends, I think they should go right, change mm-hmm. about. I'm quite excited about the possibility of Fantastic Four X-Men, things like that. You know, there's all these sorts of things, of, of ways of weaving other people in. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we need AI Tony. I think we just have Iron Man. Mm-hmm. He may appear at some point in the future, but just leave him there. Yeah. I, I would love to see a scene where he suggests being and they're like, no, 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 we're good. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Both sides are happy. Yeah, but fans <laughs> and civilian <laughs> right. goers happy. That's right. Uh, well, I broke the rules here, and John's probably going to get mad at me, but I did two sweaty questions of the week. I'm going to combine them. I'm going to read them both because they basically have the same thing to do with each other. I want to talk about them together. Spencer Cloutier. Oh, Cloutier. Well, nice name oh, there. At Irish Rock God. Oh. Well, he thinks very highly of himself. Do you think it's possible <laughs> that the X-Men are introduced into the MCU somehow involving Janet Van died. Her being exposed to quantum energy for 30 years and her quote talking about evolution leads me to believe this is a possibility. Again, this is a spoiler alert. If you haven't seen Ant-Man and the Wasp, maybe uh, kind of turn off at this point and come back in in a few minutes. Uh, the next question is from Derek Richardson at Dirk. Uh, underscore 101. Janet warned Scott about time vortexes in the quantum realm. What if the Fantastic Four got sucked into one of these in the 60s and this is what gives them their powers so when Ant-Man finally gets out of the quantum realm he's bringing four friends along with him. Uh, so this is all this idea of the quantum realm, quantum energy. Uh, Janet Van Dyne, of course, coming out of it with Michelle Fiber. Like, what... 
Claire, when you hear all this, like, do you, do you, like, I know you're a fan of simplicity, but this seems like uh, kind of straightforward, but also super complex. What do you think? But, you know, like, I'm a fan of simplicity, but then, you know, my God, like, you know, the MCU have given us, like, so much in the last 10 mm-hmm. years, especially with Infinity War and stuff. I'm really, I think, okay, so I'll come back to these questions, but I'm kind of jumping forward. I think the next, I would like the next phase to be like a Secret Wars-y type thing. Right. Um, because I think that Marvel do that climactic thing very well, and I think that that could work again, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and you could get Janet Van Dyne stuff into it as well. I, I, I kind of want to see, like, Fantastic Four and X-Men and everything, if the merger happens and, it's, you mm-hmm. know, everything's cool them all get pulled into Deadpool and everything. I mean, they could like we could have like a, a giant, you know, kind of superhero supervillain party. It would be amazing. <laughs> uh, it would be like seriously, childhood dreams come true. Just single tear, only mm. watching. Oh God, yes, I can just die happy. Now. Um, but you know, Janet says evolve, and I think that's a really interesting word. Mm-hmm. What does she mean by evolution? So you know, there was talk. Um, I think Michelle Pfeiffer said the evolution of what it means by hero as well as yeah. everything else. You know, so it depends on how you interpret that. I'm, I'm going to go spiritual with it. So, um, but th- that those are my basic thoughts on what could happen next. But really good question, Spencer and Derek. Yeah. Both of those ideas are amazing. I really love these these sweaty concepts. That's impressive. Uh, I think if we have another Fantastic Four movie where they get their powers not from space, Mm. people will riot. Mm -hmm. Uh, At this point, I feel like they need to be bombarded by rays from space. Mm -hmm. At this point, we've had enough movies where that doesn't happen. Uh, I think the last movie, Trying to Go Dark and Gritty, was a big folly. Um, so I feel like going forward, Fantastic Four, more traditional. Uh, I would love if it ties into Ant-Man in some way, especially with Peyton Reed wanting to direct it so badly. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm not sure how they would get into the quantum realm where Michelle Pfeiffer, having spent 30 years, wouldn't have found them. Like, oh, hey! Oh, yeah. Like, she spent a long time there. I don't know what... I hope in the next Ant-Man movie or the next Avengers, we see yeah. what it's like navigating that world. We see what it's like getting around there, riding on those little, like, space whale creature things. Mm-hmm. Uh, those, those bears, those micro bears. Yep. Yeah. Uh, like, how, how that world exists. And then maybe, but I feel like a traditional introduction to the Fantastic Four is important. I would do it either by way of Illuminati, uh, by way of uh, maybe Black Panther. Yeah. Uh, there's so many worlds that are more linear. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to actually be out of my school of, of hopes and dreams here <laughs> and say that with the Fantastic Four, we really need them to have a simple open because it's Marvel's first family. I want it to feel like a family more than I want it to feel like, look, they've been here all along. Like I yeah. want them to get an introduction that feels deserved. Yep. Yeah, yep. especially after those, but we, we need a good fantastic form really yeah like, but Peyton Reed perfect. like I, yeah. I would love if he gets to plant his own seeds it'd be really cool as a filmmaker to be like I've always wanted to do this sprinkle sprinkle and now they're here <laughs> right <laughs> well and there's a way to um, you can uh, uh, kill two dogs with one oh so what is kill two birds with one stone kill sorry dogs. kill two dogs what's wrong with me kill two all birds that talk with... about Thomas Wayne earlier <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> more violent. <laughs> oh my god and what I'm uh, well kill two birds with one stone because you're like this. you could have the concepts introduced mm-hmm. of the quantum realm of what could be played out later with Reed Richards or what he discovers. Maybe he, the technology comes back and it intrigues him. He uses the technology to go into space with this technology and that's what causes the rays to do what they're doing. Or the stuff that they show you. you could, in a way, make it work and still have it 
tie back, but not necessarily have them all coming out because it'd be a fantastic voyage. They're all sitting there in a ship, just wandering around some second level or third level of quantum, way below where uh, or way above where Janet Van Dyne was. So you could make it work, but I agree with you both. I think they've had enough of movies not having it be from the rays and not having it be in space. So this could be a way to kind of make that happen. All right. Well, that's our last question. I want to thank everyone who sends questions in. You can always do that with the hashtag Collider Heroes. Don't forget on Twitter. Uh, I'm sure we'll ask for some more soon. Uh, Once again, just want to thank everyone who's been sending these incredible messages of support, love, and uh, thoughts for John, our our big hero here, John Schnepp, the main sweaty, the king sweaty, I would say, uh, here, uh, the host of Collider Heroes. You know he's where he's at. ICU critical condition, unconscious at this point. Hopefully, we'll see what happens. Uh, but uh, if you want to help in in any way, I want to reiterate again the links there. If Cody can put them up there on Venmo, PayPal, GoFundMe, you can donate uh, some uh, money there to help uh, offset some of the medical bills that Holly and John are seeing at this point, and his family as well. So I know John would appreciate. I know John appreciates all the sentiments you all have been sending so and i want to tell you i'm overwhelmed i'm sure claire and coy have been overwhelmed on their social media seeing how many people have sent such positive messages positive words of support for john and uh so thank you everyone let's go around the table real quick uh, where can they find you coy oh you find me on twitter and instagram i want to send all my love to john and holly uh also yes yeah, sweaties are i mean comic fans are vocal mm-hmm. uh and you guys have been amazing uh so keep that up and if if you don't feel financially comfortable to donate then retweet share like that's that, that button's free and Absolutely. please and and just thank you for being good people and uh mm-hmm. all, all my love to john and holly yeah absolutely claire um yeah again love to john and holly great close close friends i uh, wouldn't be here if it wasn't for john like suggesting i come on the show and thank you so much for having me and the collider fans you guys are so so sweet thank you so so much for all your tweets and all your positive energy and just keep that coming um so you can find me on twitter at we claire because i'm small scottish and you can find me on instagram at we claire here because i'm small scottish and there thank you very much <laughs> i want to thank claire and Corey for coming on and uh you both have been to visit john so i'm sure it means a lot for you to come on and do the show to holly and john and their family as well. Uh, you guys can find me at the Roca says on Twitter. And you know where I'm at. You can find me there, all the stuff that I'm doing there. Uh, thanks again, everybody. And uh, we're with you, brother. And we're sending you a lot of love and support. And uh, uh, we will talk to you next week. Uh, there'll be a lot of com- col- uh, you know, col- Comic-Con content on Collider. A lot of season, that one. There'll be a lot of Comic-Con content this week on Collider, so pay attention for all of it. A lot of trailers dropping, footage dropping. We're going to be covering it all. There's a bunch of us going down there. We're going to be on 24-7, probably, issuing videos and telling you everything about that. And I'm sure we'll run into you guys if you're going and have a quick conversation with you all about and nerd out and sweaty out as we do with those kinds of things. So we will talk to you next week. Uh, Take care. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 83120. Stay little chico, pit bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. 
State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 